welcome back to Autoimmune and You. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your host, Rachel. And we are on episode 13, which Woo-hoo! is crazy. Uh, time is flying by. We've already been uh, putting episodes out there now for three months. It's crazy to think that. And Erica and I were just sitting here talking about the fact that one of these times we should just like make a couple cocktails and record an episode and just, I don't know, talk about life and just kind of like let you in on that kind of like a <laughs> autoimmune and you happy hour. But then we t- started talking about day drinking and I don't know, we just got really caught up, but that gave us the perfect topic for today's episode, all about managing an autoimmune disease holistically, but also like we're in the 21st century. We've all gone through a shit storm through COVID and through everything happening in the world. And listen, we all have our like little vices and things that bring us joy and make us happy that aren't necessarily hundred percent healthy and that's okay. But we are here to talk about our own habits and things that we do in our lives that aren't necessarily like a hundred percent healing, but also Mm -hmm. talking about how you can make that just a little bit more on the healthier side. Yeah, exactly. Personally for myself, where I'm at after five years of being on this journey, uh, I feel like I don't look at having a few drinks here and there as like not healing because sometimes you just need to freaking unwind with your friends and just laugh and not take life so seriously Mm -hmm. because I think this is a tendency you know when you start out on this journey like of course including myself in the beginning I was very restrictive with my food. I didn't drink alcohol for two years. I felt like I, you know, didn't want to do any physical activity. I was very cautious, right? But as time has gone on, I'm like, okay, I still need to like live my life to a certain degree that Mm -hmm. feels comfortable for me, right? So we're not sitting here saying like, oh, alcohol needs to be a part of your routine and your life. But (laughs) I think it all comes down to how you feel as an individual and what makes sense for you. Because I know that when I do decide to have a few drinks here and there, like I seriously 100% forget about all these crazy things that I need to do for myself day in and day out. But that doesn't mean Rachel and I are like drinking. We're like, oh, we're just going (laughs) to eat like, you know, this sausage, whatever, and like eat crap along (laughs) with it. (laughs) Let me just eat this sausage. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like we don't just throw everything out the door because we make one decision that's, Mm -hmm. you know, not quite the healthiest. But in a sense, I feel like sometimes when you do these things for yourself, whether you feel like it's just even indulging in like a vegan cheeseburger and fry, Mm -hmm. like you, if you're going to make that decision, I feel like you got to go in it with, you know, the good intention of like, hey, this is like for my mental health right now. And I'm just trying to enjoy myself and be a little bit of a normal human for one second. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's hold on. Sorry. I had, I turned off my video and then I got distracted. (laughs) Um, but it's so true that mental health aspect. And I know, you know, there, that is a super controversial statement and you know what, we're just here to share our own truth. So if you have anything to say about that, please keep it to yourself because we're just here to share our own truth and our own experiences And we're not here to be like, this is right. This is wrong. That's not what this podcast is about. We're here to just kind of like, you know, talk about life. And I feel the same way when I have a drink. It's definitely like, 
I am ready to unwind. I honestly, I don't ever drink. I can't say never, but I very rarely drink when I'm like alone. It's always only in like social situations and it's a glass of wine or maybe a couple cocktails. And there definitely have been times in the recent uh, past that I have gotten too carried away, but that happens to all of us, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. and the thing is that when I am having a cocktail or I am having a glass of wine, I am pretty diligent about making healthier choices. So what that mm-hmm. looks like for wine, for instance, is finding a vegan and gluten-free wine, because I, I think this is kind of a little known fact, but a lot of wines, the majority of wines out there are actually processed with some really nasty animal products yeah. as well as gluten mm-hmm. um, filled products. So just making sure that, for instance, if you're having a glass of wine, finding a vegan gluten-free uh, wine to indulge in and maybe something without sulfites and so on. And so um, there's a really good website called Barnivore, B-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-E.com. Sponsor us. Just kidding. Um <laughs> But that is the best website and you can search and find if any type of beer, liquor, or wine is vegan. It's a really, really good resource. And I've been using that so much lately. And then as far as cocktails, like you can, again, you can use that site to see if whatever liquor you're getting, um, is vegan. And then you can also make healthier choices when it comes to cocktails, instead of getting, I don't know, like a margarita mix at the store, making your own with agave and lime. And it's Mm -hmm. way, first of all, it tastes way better. Second of all, you know exactly what's going into your cocktail rather than this. Like if you look at the ingredients list on a margarita mix, for instance, usually the first ingredient is like high fructose corn syrup or sugar or these things that you just don't need to have, um, as well as like all kinds of dyes and fake, uh, fruit juices and stuff like that. So um, that, that's a little bit of my tangent. Cause I just get really passionate about yeah. that. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that website. I didn't know about that. Oh, um, yeah, I did. I've never heard of that, but I was thinking, you know, when I used to drink back in the day, like pre-diagnosis, it was, you know, the intent of me drinking a lot of the time was to get pretty, pretty buzz, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and also along with that, like I wasn't, I mean, I would say drinking in general makes you more of an unconscious person. So Mm -hmm. there's no getting around that. Like that's what drinking does. It kind of detaches you from your own consciousness and it kind of, you know, distracts you from a lot of things in your life. But there is a way to try to do it as intentional and consciously as possible. Mm -hmm. Say I know like a friend's birthday is coming up or whatever, you know, situations are different now with COVID. But if something's coming up, I'm like, okay, I know that there's going to be alcohol there. I'll probably have one or two drinks with my friends. And so what I do is one, I make sure like I really, really hydrate like a couple Mm -hmm. days before, which I always do. I'm like super, like always have my hydro flask with me, but I always make sure that I'm hydrating before I make sure that I'm eating like foods that are going to be healing for my body like before that and then the day after you know Mm -hmm. because back in the day I would you know if I did have like two or three drinks right the next day I was more likely to go get like a greasy breakfast burrito and a soda right because it's like you want to offset that and it's comforting to Mm -hmm. yourself when you don't feel good 
And so now I'm like, okay, no, I know I need to make healthier choices for myself in regards to like food and like making sure I get outside, you know, get some exercise in because those things are going to kind of offset those times when you do decide, Hey, like I'm going to let loose a little bit and I'm going to have a few drinks. And I think a lot of us, like I said, in the beginning, we get super hyper, like critical and like restrictive and we think we need to be like perfect because we kind of treat it like a test, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, I need to do this perfectly or I'm going to miserably fail. And some of that is true, right? Because you can't just continue on with your same old habits and expect to, you know, heal your body and get healthier. If you're doing the same thing, like drinking a lot of alcohol, eating a lot of crappy food, but over time, each person will find the balance in their life. And I know personally in my life right now, like I'm okay with having those few drinks a couple mm-hmm. times a month with my friends or whether we're like out camping, you know, if we're out camping and climbing and like someone has a drink or whatever, and they're like, are you going to have one? And a lot of the times it's part of me still protecting my body where I say like, eh, but I, I gauge it where I'm like, okay, like I'm not going to have a drink now, but I'll have that drink later tonight mm-hmm. when I know everyone's still going to be drinking. <laughs> so it's kind of finding that balance for yourself. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now with myself. I actually experienced something similar because I was at this Airbnb in Central Oregon with a couple of friends this weekend. And like, you know, every, a a couple of them brought wine and like ciders. And I found my own gluten-free vegan wine to bring because I knew that the other wines wouldn't necessarily be vegan or gluten-free. And I wanted to indulge as well. And, but what I also did is I got a um, pack of LaCroix so that at those times when I knew that I would be tempted to drink, but I didn't necessarily want to drink in the middle of the day, or I didn't want to drink whenever it was, I would still feel like I got like a little treat, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really like doing. I love making mocktails for the days that I really just know that my body cannot tolerate me drinking because Mm -hmm. it does, it is, is inflammatory. And Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it can, um, it can cause more flare ups and sometimes my body doesn't notice it at all, or I don't notice it. I shouldn't say my body doesn't. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's something that I did. I found my own wine to bring. And then I also brought LaCroix and then actually, uh, one of the other people that I'm with is actually gluten insensitive as well, which is Mm -hmm. super helpful. (laughs) Um, and so he brought this cider that is really natural and doesn't have any like added bullshit and mm-hmm. yeah uh it's gluten-free and vegan and it was so good and I'm so thankful for that but it's kind of the same thing where like they were the very first night we got there I knew that I didn't want to drink and so what I did is I just had um well I can't say that I didn't want to drink of course I wanted yeah, to drink yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I knew that my body would not like it because I was still feeling flared up from the couple of days before and I knew that mm-hmm. if I'm experiencing a flare-up now why would I add yeah, something inflammatory yeah. to my body yeah And so what I did is I poured myself like a little half glass of wine and I kind of very slowly sipped on that. So that I felt like I could still like, you know, indulge. And then the rest of the night, I just had this LaCroix and I put it over ice so that I like felt, I don't know, a little fancy and it felt great. And I was fine with that. Um, And then the next day, to be completely honest, I felt a lot better. My flare up uh, was almost completely gone. I didn't feel any pain when I woke up um, compared to the three days before that. And Mm -hmm. so that day I did have one of those 
a, not one. I had a few of those ciders throughout the day. And then I did crack open that vegan gluten-free wine. But again, I only had like probably a glass of wine and a couple of ciders throughout the Mm -hmm. entire day when people are like day drinking the whole day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's definitely hard in those social situations, but you also have to remember why you do what you do in your lifestyle. Yep. Yep. And you don't always have, I'm not saying you always have to like say no, because it's definitely hard, especially when you really want it, but there's always ways to make it a little bit better for your body. And another thing, Erica, you mentioned hydrating before, like for the days before, you know, you have like an event like that. I think that's so important and so key. In addition to, for me, every time that I have any alcoholic drink, even that like half glass of wine, I make sure I drink an entire eight ounces of water in between at least. Uh, So like every time I have a drink, I have an entire eight ounces of water. So that really makes a difference. Actually, I like learned that from one of my friends years and years ago before I long before I was diagnosed. And I was like, wow, that's actually really smart. And honestly, I didn't actually utilize that little tip until the past, probably since I was diagnosed pretty much because now I realize the importance of it. Yep. Yep. And I'm just thinking because we're going to, uh, we're going to Red Rocks, which is in Nevada. Uh, we're going there this weekend to go climbing. And I know that most of my friends, when we're out climbing, will crack a few beers and stuff uh, mm-hmm. while we're hanging out. I usually say no to alcohol if it's during the day. Mm-hmm. And then I usually honestly choose one night to have a few drinks. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like I know that Saturday night is going to be my night where I'll have like a couple drinks because mm-hmm. we're getting there. If we get there early Friday morning and then uh, we're climbing, if I drink Friday night, night, I might wake up a little flared and I may not be able to climb as well on Saturday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I have to literally like strategize that stuff. And, you know, and who knows, like maybe I just might not even say I want any alcohol. Like I just come up with a game plan in my head. So I am mentally, mentally prepared in these situations Mm -hmm. and not feeling like, oh, I'm like left out and this and that, because I mean, it's really hard to deny that, you know, having day drinks with your friends is, you know, it's fun and Mm -hmm. you get to relax. And especially it's like when we go camping, it's kind of a, like a mini vacation for us. So it's kind of in that mentality of like, oh, I just kind of want to let loose. But at the same time, because we are doing strenuous stuff, like we're hiking, you know, we're climbing, uh, we're staying up long hours. I know that I really do need to take care of my body, but Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. And sometimes I go against the things that I may even be saying now. It just, it depends how I feel in the moment Mm -hmm. and it depends how my body feels in the moment. So these aren't like strict guidelines that I put on myself, but they're in place because I've been doing this for so long for my health that I don't really have to seriously consciously think about it. Like it's going to play out the way it's going to play out. And usually, you know, I'm trying to do the the best thing for my body, but still have fun and know that life is still going to go on and my body will be okay <laughs> if I get back to, you know, my normal way of doing things. Yeah. It's important to remember and make sure that you have a routine in place to always go back to and kind of like a baseline. So something that I think Erica and I both kind of agree on is at the beginning of your wellness and holistic healing journey, it's really important to maybe be a little bit more strict with yourself. That way, you know, um, 
I guess you could kind of call it guidelines, kind of what yeah. guidelines you want to set on yourself and what makes you feel good and what doesn't mm-hmm. make you feel good. Because if you just continue on and you aren't strict at the beginning, um, it's harder to tell what it is that flares oh, you up, yeah. um, such as, you know, food, alcohol, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to kind of take a step back before you can readjust to a new normal of life, yeah. but it yeah. is possible once you get past that to still incorporate things like that into your life that aren't necessarily, um, like physically healing, but yeah, they give you that mental break. They make you feel quote unquote normal. They make you, you know, they help you in to feel like you are able to connect more with your social circle and stuff like that. And that's not to say that, you know, alcohol is the only way to connect with people because of course, neither of us believe that. And that's just not true. (laughs) Um, And this just happens to be a hot topic um, because I know that both of us have had conversations both with clients and with people on social media about like alcohol is inflammatory. Absolutely. But like, Mm -hmm. we wanted to have this conversation just to discuss the fact that you have to kind of pick and choose sometimes. And guess what? Like we said at the beginning, this is life. This is the 21st century. We've all been through so much extra stress recently. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to let loose a little bit. Um, So same thing with food, for instance, like I have now come to a point where I don't, I don't ever eat anything with gluten. I might have a bite of something here and there, but to me, it's just not worth it to have Mm -hmm. like a full piece of pizza on like a gluten full crust with like real cheese. It's just not worth it to me. So again, going back to this weekend, we went to a pizza place and they didn't have vegan cheese, but they did have a vegan gluten-free crust. So I got that crust, which actually was incredible, but I just got the pizza with no cheese. Now, first of all, I freaking love pizza. It is my favorite food. I will never give it up ever. Mark my words. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I definitely, you know, if they had vegan cheese, I definitely would have gotten it, even though I know that most vegan cheeses, especially probably whatever they would have used is highly, highly processed. But to me, like pizza is not the same without cheese. However, I got this veggie pizza that had like artichokes and mushrooms and arugula and so many incredible um, vegetables on it. That was really, really delicious. Now I did wish Mm -hmm. it had cheese, but to me that um, compromise of, oh, I get this amazing pizza and I just don't get the cheese is a better compromise than getting the regular cheese on it and then feeling like crap the next day, because this was the first night that we were at. Why would I want to feel like crap the whole next day when I'm with these people? So -hmm. it's really just picking and choosing. And the more that you tune into your body and how foods and different things that you're doing throughout the day, make you feel the more easily you'll be able to figure out like what you're willing to compromise and what Mm -hmm. you're just not. Yeah, exactly. And when you also do things consistently and start to feel the benefits of it, you may feel even less likely to want to go do these things that Mm -hmm. may potentially make you feel like crap the next day, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I know for myself, like I used to drink a lot. Like I could drink a lot. Like I could drink like a whole pitcher of beer and like feel like I was fine, which looking back, I was not fine. Um, (laughs) And I never thought that I could honestly be to a spot where I could be out and just have like one drink and like be okay with that and be like, actually, I feel good. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a tiny little buzz. Like it's all that I want or all that I feel like I need and I don't need to exceed that. And so I think the longer you keep doing these healthy things for yourself, the less likely you are going to be 
wanting to go get, you know, super drunk or, you know, eat crappy food or whatever the case it is for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that takes time and it takes self-awareness to be able to reflect on, you know, why you do the things that you do, you know, it's, it's not enough to just create routines and habits for yourself. You really have to ask yourself, why do I do these things? You know, why am I doing this? How does it make Mm -hmm. me feel? Do I want to continue to do that? Do I want to continue to feel that way? And so that's going to look very different for each person. And I know before we got on uh, and started recording, you were talking about someone that reached out to you and said like, hey, like I see you drink alcohol, like that's inflammatory. And, you know, and I have a lot of clients that ask me the same thing and they're asking me like, hey, should I have alcohol? And I'm like, look, okay, alcohol obviously is not a health food. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not a health food, but on your journey, you'll be able to find out the things that feel conducive to your health in your life, in your circumstance, because Mm -hmm. everyone's life looks entirely different. Some things may be worth, you know, the little bit of risk for a certain person versus something else. Like Rachel said, she was like, okay, like I'm going to get the vegan, you know, crust with the marinara sauce, but I'm not going to get the vegan cheese. I mean, the regular cheese, because that's going to really flare me out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, like if I had like a couple drinks a month or whatever, that to me is more worth it than me deciding like, hey, I'm going to eat um, French fries like a couple times a week because that to me would like super flare me out. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back to one of the things that you said before, Erica, about like the days before how you like to eat more health promoting foods. And I think that that's a really important point and something that another thing that we kind of talked about before we started recording is that we, you and I, and other people that are kind of farther along on their journey or our clients even have learned to compromise in a way that makes you feel good all around. So what I mean by that is, for instance, if I know that I'm going to have a couple glasses of wine with friends later, I know that throughout my day, I'm going to be even more conscious. And like you said, have that intention behind feeling good in every way that I can physically before I go into that situation. So instead of like indulging in things that I might really, really want throughout the day, I'm going to make sure that I'm eating health promoting foods and making sure that I have my superfood smoothie and making sure that I'm maybe eating like a salad filled with leafy greens and making sure that I had my celery juice that morning. And, um, same thing the morning after that is the biggest thing that has been a game changer for me is I very rarely, unless I like really overdid it, I don't really wake up with a hangover after drinking, even if I've had like two glasses of wine, whereas I Mm -hmm. definitely used to, because yeah, First of all, I have that intention of, I know I'm going to wake up. I'm still going to do everything in my normal, normal routines. I'm still going to have my celery juice. I'm going to work out and move my body because that alone can highly change your brain and the way that your body is um, trying to detox alcohol. Cause that's what a hangover is, is literally your body being like, what the heck is this foreign thing? Like we need to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And So moving your body first thing and just jumping right back into routines, but it's really hard to do that. If you go to sleep being like, wow, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But rather than that, maybe like, even if you did happen to overdo it and you're feeling like you are going to feel like crap the next day, first of all, I've done this literally since I was too, too young to drink. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, I I know that. (laughs) 
Yeah. So what I, this trick that I've done ever since literally from before I should have been drinking is I drink an entire bottle of water right before I go to sleep and it helps so, so much. So mm-hmm. that is number one. I used to, um, take a couple like Advil before I would go to sleep, which I no longer take Advil or any sort of medication like that. But I used to, um, do that, which I'm not recommending that I'm just saying like, it's Mm. the intention behind it. Right. So my intention when I was doing that is I'm not going to feel like shit tomorrow. And so same thing, you can do it without taking something like that. You can just set that intention. You don't have to have that, like kind of placebo effect from something else in your routine. You can just set that intention and say, you know what? I know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to have my celery juice. I'm going to make my smoothie with my superfoods blend in it that has tons of nutrients. I'm going to make sure that I'm flooding my body with nutrients after depleting it yesterday. Mm, Yeah. And then I'm going to move on with my day and I'm going to feel good. And Mm -hmm. But also setting that intention behind the um, feeling good before you're even going into that situation is so important. I was just about to say that, that, you know, before, like I said, before, when I used to drink, it was a lot of it was going into drinking as to something to like fill a void of what was mm-hmm. happening to me. Or like, if I was like feeling sad or like pissed off at coworkers or, <laughs> you know, like any type of thing that was more like coming from a negative place. Yeah. But now I'm like, it's about, you should your life should be feeling fulfilled and happy and good and all that kind of stuff before you go into drinking. Because I feel like now I don't look at it as something to like fill a void. Mm -hmm. Now it's just like maybe just like a little extra edge on my life. That's like already good. It's about how you kind of think about it. And I think really, and, and really before I really was going at drinking, for the very wrong reasons. And I think that was why I was also over drinking Mm -hmm. and then feeling like crap the next day. So I think, you know, that's super important to recognize. And also you were kind of talking about, uh, we were talking about eating like healthy foods, like before and after, well, obviously we should be doing that in general, because that's going to help us every single day of our lives, whether we're drinking or not. But I, you know, if I do have a few drinks the next day, I make sure to have, uh, take my B12, Mm -hmm. uh, because B12 can get depleted when you drink alcohol. And so B12 can also help with the energy. So just a little tip, if you do decide, Hey, if I'm going to have a drink with my friend, there are things that I can put back in my body to help me quickly repair or better repair itself. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just going to throw this out there. This is totally controversial. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, There's something to be said for plant medicine, such as cannabis, because I lately have been really enjoying just eating half an edible and just getting like a tiny bit of a high and not feeling like crap and knowing Mm. that it's not destroying my body, not destroying that's extreme, but like, it's not hurting my body. There's something to be said for that. I'm just going to throw that out there as well as even if you don't want to do, um, do any sort of product with THC in it, maybe doing a CBD product and like a tincture that really like helps again, take that edge off or makes you just feel a little bit lighter and, um, it's not inflammatory. Um, but again, it comes down to what you feel is kind of necessary for yourself. It's all up to the individual, right? You know, everyone's escaping slash relaxation. I don't even like the word escaping. Actually, I don't really like that word. I wish there was another type of, uh, I guess, outlet. 
mm-hmm. for kind yeah. of relaxation. Yeah, that's a better word for it. And and maybe maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't <laughs> I don't drink. I'm totally against cannabis. What are these people talking about? Then fine. Find something else that brings you joy and ma- and allows you to kind of like disconnect just a bit because sometimes we all need that. So that might even be something that is super, super healing, like meditation or like breath work or whatever it may be for you. But just like what we're talking about is managing life because there's always going to be certain things throughout your day, throughout your life that present themselves that you might really want to do. And I don't think it's, it's just as unhealthy to feel guilty about, for instance, having a glass of wine or having that piece of pizza with some cheese on it when you really want it. That's almost as detrimental as just like not having it. So it just, it depends. You have to decide for yourself what is important to you and how you want to feel. And again, having that intention behind how you want to feel and how you want to live your life and what's important to you, because maybe wine isn't important to you at all because you just don't drink then That's fine. But maybe you can relate this to food or maybe you can relate it to some other habit that you have. Yep. I, I definitely think it can extend to many different areas of our own lives. Another thing that Erica and I were talking about um, is rock climbing, for instance. Like I was saying how I know that if I'm going to go to the rock climbing gym two times um, in a row, like two days in a row, I don't do my home workouts those days because I know that my body personally cannot handle it. That's just another way of compromising. I really like to rock climb. But I know that if I go more than, first of all, I never go more than two days in a row because I know my body can't handle that. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I do go two days in a row, which is kind of rare, but if I do, I don't do my home workouts those days because it is a higher risk of me flaring up and my joints just not able to handle it. And also I hit kind of like an exhaustion wall because it takes such a different type of physical and mental strength to rock climb. And so that's another thing that I personally do because I enjoy it, but that means that I kind of quote unquote sacrifice in other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with the, the exercising and kind of like knowing your boundaries or your limits. So when it comes to alcohol, it's not like for me, alcohol is the only way that I can like kind of have a different outlet to my normal life, you know, Mm -hmm. because I still meditate like at least four or five times a week. Like Mm -hmm. I literally go in my sauna, uh, do my meditation and do my visualizations and all that stuff. And that in itself can give me a high. I literally Mm -hmm. have gotten Mm -hmm. out of my meditations. Like I'll I'll share this with you. Yeah. I'll share this with you. I kind of, I think I posted it in uh, my stories on Instagram the other day. So basically I did this meditation and I started to have this visualization of me doing a Ted talk on a stage. Yeah. And I could see myself, what I was wearing. I saw like the clicker (gasps) in my hand. I just got shivered. Yeah. And so I don't know why this came to me. I wasn't even trying to think about it, but it came to me. And so I started crying, like crying a lot. And I was like, and I felt like I seriously was on drugs. And before that I was feeling like my joints were not feeling that great. And so I was, that's why I went into my meditation because I'm like, okay, I need to reset myself right now. And so in that meditation, I had this crazy visualization. I start crying. And then when I got out of my sauna, I felt 
so relaxed as if I had mm-hmm. drank like three or four drinks. I was mm-hmm. so relaxed. It literally made me like sleepy. Like I think I got so relaxed to a point where I was like sleepy all day. But the point is, is that, you know, I, it's not like I always go like, oh, well, like I'm going to drink to get relaxed. Like I yeah. choose other things too, you know? Yeah. But I think the point of this is that Rachel and I are just saying that there is no one size fits all way of healing or living a healthy life. I don't Mm -hmm. think it has to be so black and white. And I think that you have to find that for yourself because I know there's a lot of people that have eaten a super, super restrictive diet for like four plus years. And they're still in a lot of pain, still a lot of inflammation. They're still on a lot of medications. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm just thinking about that and I'm like, how much, you know, we talk about this every single episode, but the mindset, like going into it, like, you know, everything. So, So if you're doing something and it's making you laugh and you have joy and you are, you know, for a second, whatever you're escaping, you're the, life circumstances that are happening to you right now and you know whatever is going on with your body that can have such a powerful effect Mm -hmm. on your body because your body needs to sometimes be in this most of the time actually it should really be in a state of relaxation Mm -hmm. and you know feeling joy and peace and humor is like so 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 important and that's also another outlet for yourself you know to hang out with people and to just laugh like that's super amazing too so you can do these things obviously without the alcohol but Rachel and I just kind of started talking about this because we do get a lot of questions regarding like whether we drink and then we've also had some, I guess, kind of judgment towards Mm -hmm. what we do. But so we're just kind of here to share how we feel about that. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to quickly bring up that piggybacks on what you just said is I was listening to Dr. Josh Axe's podcast yesterday and he was talking about gut health and emotions. And he was actually saying, I, I have not looked for it yet, but he was saying that there's a recent study that shows that there are three top emotions that affect gut health more than anything. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what they are? You probably know. Three top emotions? Yeah, three top negative emotions that affect gut health, obviously, negatively. Oh, negative emotions. Um, obviously, like, if you're, like, sad, you're angry or resentful, I don't know. Uh-huh. So one of them was grief. Okay. Um, another one was fear. And then the other oh, one yeah, was guilt. Fear. Yeah, And so you can relate all of this to what we're talking about now. If you have guilt over what you're doing, that's going to not only what you're doing is might negatively affect your gut health, which in turn can affect your autoimmune symptoms. But if you're feeling guilty about it, it will negatively affect it even more versus what Erica's saying. If you're laughing, if you're having a good time, if you're truly appreciating the fact that you can make these compromises in order to do something that brings you joy, um, Mm -hmm. or like makes you feel good in the moment. Um, and same thing with the fear like if you're sitting there fearful about oh god is this going to cause a flare-up it's just it probably will (laughs) yep oh my gosh I love that because I just had a client like a month ago was telling me 
that she's like, I don't know, like I eat so perfectly all the time. I do this, this and that. And she's like, but it's crazy because sometimes I could just go out with my friends and I do decide to have a few drinks. And she's like, I don't have any more joint pain or inflammation than I did the day before. It's and so, the mindset. And so she's like, so she's like, she's like, so I think there is something to what you're saying about the mindset mm-hmm. aspect. And I'm like, yes, because, you know, we talk about this even when it comes to food, you know, because the reason why we talk about food so much is because it is a huge, <laughs> well, one, we it's just, not just love because it. we love yeah, food. <laughs> I, no, uh, it's because it is so important for a person living with an autoimmune condition that you eat mm-hmm. right for your body. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about that when it comes to food, if you go into eating something going, oh gosh, this is going to like flare me. Oh my gosh, this is not good. Why am I doing this? But I'm still going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. You know what? It may be there just in general without that thought process, but you could be amplifying it. And I know Mm -hmm. for sure, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this, like where we place our attention is where we place our energy. And I've definitely had times, I kid you not, where I eat something and then I go, I can just like visualize some type of joint getting affected, you know, because mm-hmm. I've had like some past experience with it. And I'm like, okay, like, oh, I remember when I ate that and my knee got, you know, swollen mm-hmm. or whatever. And I've definitely, I swear, have manifested that a few times where I've woken up and I'm like, oh my God, my freaking knee hurts. The knee mm-hmm. that I literally mm-hmm. was placing all my concentration and focus on. So that's also you got to be careful about that. Absolutely. In that podcast episode, he also talked about how laughter can actually positively impact your gut health. So yep. for anyone out there, uh, what Erica was just saying about enjoying time with your friends and really being conscious about that laughter, they say it can be the best medicine, but truly there was a study done that says mm-hmm. that it can improve your gut motility and that it, it can improve overall gut health because of that, because it can help your gut kind of move things along and repair itself. So like, yep. if that doesn't tell you that living a positive, healthier lifestyle is going to help heal, heal your gut and can help heal your autoimmune symptoms, listen, I don't know mm-hmm. what will. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I want to talk about talking about studies. So I don't know if you've heard of the blue zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So blue zones are basically the, the longest living, healthiest mm-hmm. populations in the world. Yep. And this is spread out through throughout the entire world. And so except the US. <laughs> No, there is one in the I'm U.S. I'm just kidding. Oh, there's only one in the U.S. Actually. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's Loma Linda, I think, in Loma Linda, California. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so they broke down the commonalities of the healthiest, longest living populations with the least amount of disease. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest things was social life, like mm-hmm. having a, a sense of community. Yep. Right. So a sense of community. Um, people that get outside and garden. Um, and like overall lower stress levels. Lower stress levels, eat mostly a plant-based diet, mm-hmm. uh, still continuing to exercise and get physical activity in even like later on into their lives. Like I'm talking like yeah. they're like 80 and they're still gardening and they're still playing with their grandchildren. Um, yeah. And then also, which is crazy in... Uh, in Italy, there's a place in Italy, I, I can't think of the name right now, but basically they found that this population has a lot of wine. We're talking about drinks, right? 
this population that happens yeah. to live longer. Isn't it Sardinia? Oh yeah, Sardinia. And yeah. they uh, consume a lot of uh, red wine mm-hmm. and that has properties in it that have been known to be anti-inflammatory. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of conflicting research out there because they say, you know, alcohol can be inflammatory, but then you have things like uh, properties in wine, like polyphenols, I think that's what it's called, um, that actually can be anti-inflammatory. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a balance to be found there, but I think the most important part is the fulfillment in life, your joy, your laughter, and your sense of community with people. It truly is. I mean, that is, that's freaking science. That's, they've done research on this stuff. And these are areas of the world that like Erica was saying, they live so much and they call it a blue zone because people in that live in these areas live like significantly longer than the average human. Like that's why they are um, doing studies on these, on this like phenomenon. And um, yeah, it is. It's so interesting to read about this and um, acknowledge the fact that there is no one size fits all. The biggest piece that I personally glean from that and that a lot of these like studies and books that have been written on it glean from mm-hmm. it and all these people that are researching it say that it really comes down to the way that you're living your life, not even necessarily like what specifically you're putting into your body. Yes, that's important. Yes, they eat primarily Mm plant-based and whole foods and, you know, red wine that has higher in antioxidants than white wine and so on. But um, the, what it comes down to more than anything is that intention for life and that like living a purposeful life and knowing that you have a support system around you and knowing that you are here to live this human experience and that life isn't as freaking serious as we all make it out to be and that we're just here to enjoy Mm -hmm. and lead with Mm -hmm. love and love our bodies and yeah (laughs) yep I I love that and I think uh there was a study done by two Dr. Dean Ornish about uh people having joy in their life and then the people that also are giving Mm-hmm. They also have longer living lives than people that, you know, are doing the opposite, basically. And again, mm-hmm. I know that we talked about alcohol quite a bit in this, but you could also relate that to really anything that mm-hmm. is kind of your uh, getaway, your vice, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And um Please let us know if you found anything, any useful information in this episode. We always love hearing from you. We absolutely love seeing your reviews. If you rate and you review, please go ahead and post on Instagram and tag us at autoimmune and you. That Mm -hmm. would make us so happy. It seriously warms our hearts every single time. (laughs) We're like (laughs) texting back and forth like, oh my gosh, did you see this? (laughs) I know. I'm just so like... I don't know. I just feel so happy to be able to share my experience and that people can relate with it. And some people can take comfort in the things that we talk about that no one wants to talk about because maybe they're ashamed of or they think it's not part of this perfect healing journey that they've been taught. And so we can have these conversations and be okay with just kind of like speaking our truth and being authentic about that and hoping that it resonates Uh, with other people yeah so on that note we will catch you on the next episode thank you so much again for being here and on that note we will catch you on the next episode bye bye 
Thank you so much for joining us. We want to remind you guys that we are not medical professionals, nor do we give medical advice. So please do not stop taking any medications without consulting your doctor. However, if you'd like to learn more about holistic ways to manage your autoimmune symptoms, we each offer private coaching services and would love to help you. Stay tuned for our next episode. In the meantime, let's connect on Instagram. We are at autoimmune and you, and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to follow each of our personal accounts, we would love that too. You can find our Instagram handles and our websites in the show notes. We'll chat next time. And always remember, you are more powerful than you think. And we'll see you. Oh my God. Classic. I like that conversation. Yeah, I did too.